How can you not be romantic about baseball? Swinging a high drive to left. This baby's way back. It is out of here. I don't believe what I just saw. Coswell slashes one foul. Oh, that hit a bird, and it bounces back into fair territory. Oh, I gotta, I gotta check the rule book on this one, folks. I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. Our ass is in the jackpot now. You're listening to Booze and Baseball. There's 50 feet of crap, and then there's us. A baseball first podcast, sort of, featuring Derek Johnson. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Dusty Baker. I heard that. Dynamite drop-in money. That broadcast school has really paid off. So sit back and enjoy the talk around the diamonds with a cold one in hand. Today's secret ingredient is... I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch has got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. You are listening to Booze and Baseball with Derek Johnson. I'm Dusty Baker. Pull up a seat and sit with us at our bar. Let's talk ball. Derek, welcome aboard. Uh, We are uh, kind of in an early morning situation here. Derek is currently actually at work. If you haven't heard him before, he works in Lawrence, Kansas. Derek, kind of explain to our listeners what you do. Yeah, I do a uh, radio show Monday through Friday uh, called Rock Chalk Sports Talk in Lawrence. We're kind of the local flagship for KU and uh, podcast everything up for for our show with with KU, our podcast alone, we're over a million downloads, and I do some stuff with with Locked On Jayhawks as well. So uh, this is a, a fun little uh, side gig for us with uh, booze and baseball, getting to talk a little baseball. Mostly, my show is uh, KU football and basketball stuff. Now, Derek's not allowed, unfortunately, to drink on the job. So, Derek, what are you drinking today? I am drinking a little bit of water, but as I'm drinking this, I am envisioning, I guess I'm, I'm doing the Jesus, like we're, we're converting the wine, uh, the water to wine, um, just envisioning the, the nice red wine I'm going to be drinking at Thanksgiving <laughs> with my turkey and my stuffing, stuffing the best Thanksgiving food, uh, hands down for me, I don't know, mashed potatoes, gravy, whatever, uh, you know, any pie, I'll have any of them, uh, apple, pecan, whatever's there. You know, we're recording this uh, in California time. It's around 730 in the morning, and uh, you already got me kind of hungry for Thanksgiving food, which is unusual for me at this hour. I, I also, since it's so early, I, I got a coffee that I spiked with a little bit of Bailey's, which is, uh, you know, honestly, if you've never done it before and you just got to get that little kick, it's actually pretty effective. Um, and I've got it going in my Fear the Frog mug, uh, which at this time – um the frog is making me fear uh but uh, at this point 11 and 0 for the frogs in college football so um Derek and I obviously have our affinities to our college teams as well and uh but we're we're talking baseball today baby I want to talk real quickly about our cheers we're going to cheers to the MLB and federal investigators because Yasiel Puig is guilty of lying to federal investigators in gambling case. Uh, he apparently gambled over 800 times. As for the Mets and Yankees, they were investigated over collusion on Aaron Judge. The MLB did not find this investigation to be a significant one that they had to investigate further. But at the end of the day, still two investigations over the last couple of weeks. So cheers to you, Derek, on not having to be investigated while the MLB has to investigate these people. I love not being investigated. It's great. Yeah. 
it's it's a it's a nice feeling at least for now um we're not gonna get into that anyways uh we're gonna do a chug and look back at it stat on november the 23rd which is the day that we are recording of 2016 there were a couple of significant signings and moves that took place the houston astros remember they won the world series kind of in 2017 they signed josh reddick he would actually prove to be probably one of their least important pieces on that team but still walked away with a ring nonetheless then the yankees released Nathan Ivaldi and Joe Mantiply. What did Ivaldi do? Well, in 2018, two years later, after signing with the rival Red Sox, he would prove to be a significant piece, including that game three against the LA Dodgers in the World Series. That was incredible. Joe Mantiply goes on to be a significant reliever for the Diamondbacks. And speaking of which, the Mariners and the Diamondbacks made a hefty trade. The Mariners traded Cattell Marte and Taiwan Walker to the Diamondbacks for Gene Segura, Mitch Haniger and Zach Curtis. And while Curtis didn't really go on to do much, those four other names fairly significant in the MLB. Derek, is that kind of the the thing that sticks out to you the most from those transactions that day? Yeah, I love that trade. That's fun. Everybody gets a little bit of something. Um, I don't remember how Gene Segura then got from, I guess, the D-backs to, I don't know, I feel like he's been multiple places since then, obviously now in Philadelphia. I, I think he was, I mean, he had to have been traded over to Philly because now he is actually a free agent. Uh, it, it's hard to remember exactly how he went to Philly, though. I think it was one of the, the lesser moves. I'm going to have to check on that. But uh, Cattell Marte going, obviously, to the Diamondbacks. At that, that time, that was the key piece that everybody was kind of talking about because he was the hyped-up prospect. Um, it's just crazy because, Derek, we're going to get into it in just a moment, but the Mariners and D-backs have connected on another trade that could be very similar to this. So uh, what does that say about teams making moves like this, where you may hear these names, it doesn't seem that significant to you initially, but they can have an ultra impact on the future of your roster. Yeah, I think we see it a ton during the postseason, especially like that's a lot of times when heroes are kind of made of guys who, you know, maybe they're not the star player or the best player over the course of the season, but um, you just think back to so many names. Seems like every team who wins the World Series has one guy who kind of comes out of of nowhere, of just being maybe like an average player and stepping up. So you never know what small move could be the difference. No kidding. And some small moves can ultimately lead to some major decisions. And also that's, of course, what's happening in free agency. But some major decisions that were also made just this past week were handing out those MLB awards. We're going to go to our drinking champions. And with those MLB awards, the manager of the year in the American League, that was Terry Francona in the National League, Buck Walter. Derek, are these two deserving individuals for this award? Yeah, I think very much. I think in the uh, National League, you could have argued so many guys because you had what the Braves and the Dodgers as 100-win teams. I probably would have given it to Dave Roberts. Like, I know the talent is insane there, but uh, when you win that many games in the regular season, I kind of felt like that would have been the way that you went there. But I get it. Buck Showalter taking over like a new team and and bringing them to the playoffs and whatnot. With Terry Francona, yeah, that's that's for sure the one to me. I guess the only argument you could have against it was that uh, the Guardians played in, in a crummy division, and had they been in a different division, like it it maybe would have been tough sledding, and maybe we should have given it to even like Dusty Baker because of uh, how great they were over the course of the season, over a 100-win team, even despite the fact that they had just lost like Carlos Correa, and that it seems like they lose one big piece every year, like now over the past couple of years, uh, whether it was Garrett Cole a couple of years ago and, and Gray and whatnot, and they just continue to kind of rifle through and, and get better and better seemingly every year. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I think that um, I think they nailed it on this one for the most part, but I would agree that Dusty Baker probably deserves some recognition in this. Dave Roberts, it, it is the talent, uh, but on, to your point on that, the Dodgers also had significant injuries throughout the season. Remember, Walker Bueller went down. You had Kershaw go down, Gonsolin go down. I mean, most of their rotation went down. Uh, Dustin May was gone for the entire season. I mean, he had to navigate through that and to you know, have a franchise record of 116 or 111 wins nearing that 116 win uh, record. I mean, that's pretty amazing. So I agree. He also in consideration for that uh, was something that was important. He made it to the top three, uh, but I think that these are the two that deserved it the most. As for moving on to rookie of the year, you can make a lot of arguments in that NL side. Michael Harris of the Atlanta Braves wins it. In the American League, Julio Rodriguez, I don't think anybody's particularly surprised by him winning that. No, not surprised by I I was a little surprised by how heavy the votes were favoring to him over Adley Rutschman. I thought it would be not like a 50-50 split, but I thought Adley would have got a little bit more, um, especially because of his impact as a catcher and to how much the Orioles got better when he got called up and his impact on the team. Obviously, Julio being around the major league roster for longer over the course of the season from opening day, like that impacted it. And that matters because, you know, if you're talking about value or, or how impactful player was, which I know this isn't like most valuable rookie, but um, the longer you're on the team, the better off you're going to be. So I was a little surprised Adley didn't get a little bit more, but obviously no surprise there. I personally would have given it to Spencer Strider over Michael Harris, but either way, I guess it's uh, staying in Atlanta. What What's the reasoning behind giving it to Strider over Harris? I just thought Spencer Strider was absolutely electric. And it's not that Michael Harris wasn't because uh, Michael Harris coming in really did impact things for the Braves. But for me, Spencer Strider was one of the best pitchers in the entire MLB as, and he was so electric. He was appointment television. He was appointment watching. Uh, you're looking at one of the most dynamic arms in the game. Uh, I think that um, I just liked some of the, no I, I don't know. It's, it, it's hard to like cross compare like hitters and pitchers and be like, well, here's his ERA. Here's his batting average and whatnot. I just straight up thought that Spencer Strider was a more impactful and better player. Yeah, no, that's a fair argument. I, I like Michael Harris. I think that he had a significant impact as well uh, on a day-to-day -to -day too. But uh, I, I'd agree. I think I would have given it to Strider as well, just simply because, A, he came on the scene when none of us really thought that was uh, a significant move by Atlanta. Um, granted, Harris kind of came out of the blue too. But Strider's body of work was elite. And to me, you know, Harris had a very solid season across the board. But – the numbers that Strider put up, I mean, he could have been in consideration for that Cy Young at one point, you know? And so I, I think that uh, just from a rookie standpoint, he exceeded every expectation that was out there. Um, and it played a significant role for an Atlanta rotation that desperately needed him. So I, I agree. I, I kind of would have gone with him. But, hey, you know what? Braves fans can't be upset. If uh, one of their guys doesn't win, the other one just does. So they churn out talent. Like, it's just the easiest thing in a factory. It's it's ridiculous. Moving on to the Cy Young, speaking of which, the American League gets Justin Verlander. The National League gets – and I want to ask you this before I even say the name, Derek, because we pronounce it differently, and so does the rest of the world, too. Nobody can get this right, it seems like. Sandy Blank, how do you pronounce the last name? I say Alcantara, but I, I don't know. Let me, I'm, now I'm I curious. I say Alcantara. 
I say Alcantara because I read it according to how it is. And I've heard announcers say both. And so I think we're all confused. So when I was very curious during the, you know, the awards, how they would actually pronounce his name, because I don't think we have a set of what it actually is. And we've said his name so many times. It's like, how, uh, do we actually know what it truly is? But Alcantara, Alcantara, doesn't matter. He's all above everybody else at this point. Sandy Alcantara, Alcantara gets the Cy Young in the National League. Uh, were these the two pretty obvious picks? Because on my side, I would say I'm not surprised by either one. No, I'm not surprised at all. And once Shane McClanahan kind of, he didn't have like a, a terrible second half, but he definitely dipped from his first half to his second half. And then he had the injury where he missed a, a bit of time. So that obviously uh, made it tougher on him to to win the award. Um, Dylan Cease was excellent, but yeah, Verlander was just better. Uh, Sandy, I, I, by the way, I just looked it up on baseball reference. It says Alcantara. So I, I think you're right in that one. I'll just, whatever. Uh, Sandy Alcantara to me was, was for sure the guy. Yes. You could say, you know, whatever, like, uh, some of the other pitchers who put up really good seasons with ERA or, or whatnot, but Alcantara had so many more innings pitched you're talking about like 230 innings pitch that again, that matters like eating up those innings. So that you don't have to go to a bullpen arm. And, and I'm not saying that, oh, just automatically, if you have a four or five ERA and pitch 200 innings, it's worth more. No, it's not. But if you have hypothetically like a two five ERA, somebody else has a two two, but you have 50 more innings, like what would you rather have? I'd rather have the pitcher that gives me 50 more innings of a two five ERA than having to go to my bullpen for 50 more innings that's probably going to raise that ERA from a two two. So uh, I thought both those guys were, were pretty hands down. Yeah, and Sandy also had to go out there day in, day out and deliver deep games for his team, as you kind of mentioned right there, and didn't get a lot of run support. Um, you look at Tony Gonsolin, who is probably one of the more, I guess you could say, impactful players that had a chance to win the Cy Young. He had his injury. He also had shorter innings. They're just, to me, the argument wasn't quite favoring him at that point because Alcatara is a better pitcher um, across the board. So we learned our lesson today, I guess. I, I wasn't even sure. So now we know. Now we know. And anytime that we hear anybody else say the other one, we'll be like, we already know, baby. We already know what the real Alcatara is. So, And then we go on to the MLB's favorite award, all of our favorites. That would be the MVP. Most valuable player in the AL is Aaron Judge. In the NL, it's Paul Goldschmidt. Two very different MVPs, Derek. One that seemed pretty obvious. The other one that, you know, you could have had a toss-up there. I, I was kind of hoping Shohei Otani would sneak through for the award. I, I didn't expect it to happen just because I had a, a betting slip on Otani. Um, but uh, Aaron Judge, obviously, you know, unbelievable season. Very, very memorable season. It's it's nice that you kind of stamp it with the MVP. Um, I get the whole argument of Otani, two players. I just think that Judge had such a good season that it kind of barely usurped that for me for the national league. I was like, yeah, you could go here. You could go there. Um, Goldschmidt certainly deserves it. And I think it's cool for him because he's had such a great career to have this award too coming now. I, I think, I don't know. It, it almost like to me, I, I think he should be a hall of famer and everything. And this kind of, for me stamps that. He is one of the most underrated players in baseball. It didn't help that he spent most of his career with the Arizona diamondbacks. And he, he spent, the rest of it with the Cardinals team that quite frankly hasn't stepped up outside of him. Uh, Nolan Arenado being the other one and um, in the playoffs was dead silent. I mean, Goldschmidt in the playoffs wasn't that great either, but uh, you know, this is a regular season award and Goldschmidt put up incredible numbers and 
Um, you know, you, you look at the body of work. I mean, Manny Machado is probably the only other one that truly compared to what he was able to do. And uh, Goldschmidt's numbers were just a little bit better. It seemed like across the board for the most part. So I, I agree. I, I think that he deserved it overall, Derek, any last thoughts on these awards before we move on? Nope. <laughs> nice. Nice. I, I really don't have much, many thoughts either. I, I think that the players that deserve the awards, they got them nothing too crazy. Um, and uh, now we move on to the 2023 off season, which is what we really love to do. And it, it all started with the Mariners and angels trading shots, Derek, uh, the Mariners acquiring acquiring Teoscar Hernandez from the Blue Jays in exchange for Eric Swanson and Adam Mako. Also, I mentioned the Diamondbacks and Mariners trade. The Mariners traded Kyle Lewis, which is a former Rookie of the Year, by the way, talking about awards, for Diamondbacks Cooper Hummel. Um, just another trade for the Angels here that they seem to start be kind of pulling off here to try and change and revamp their team. They acquired Hunter Renfro this past week from the Brewers, and they also acquired Gio Urshela from the Twins, a trade that doesn't maybe matter as much and is outside the circle, by the way. The Rockies acquiring Nolan Jones from the Guardians uh, for Juan Brito. Had to throw that out there just because Nolan Jones at one point was a top prospect. But the Mariners and Angels, those trades, Derek, pretty significant. What's the one that sticks out to you the most? I can only kind of assume it's the first one. Well, yeah, that one definitely is has the most appeal. And Teoscar Hernandez, I, I know we're both very high on. I am uh, pretty shocked this is all that the Blue Jays got back in return. Don't get me wrong, Eric Swanson had an unbelievable season in relief a year ago. Adam Mako sounds like he's got kind of a high ceiling in the minors. I don't get this at all for them. Like, I understand what the process is. They basically said, hey, we need to maybe get a little bit more left-handers in the lineup, and we need to add more to our pitching staff. So I get that. I just, like I said, feel like you could have got more, even though Teoscar is going to be a free agent after this season. But honestly, uh, the Nolan Jones one is kind of interesting because he's with the Rockies now. But um, I really like what the Angels did here because what has been the Angels' biggest problem? It's not that they don't have star talent. You have Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. It's that you don't have enough just like major league average players around those guys. It's not even that you need other like star players. If you get them, great. Just get other, like, average players, seriously. And they haven't had those. And so Hunter Renfro and Gio Urshela, like, those guys don't jump off the page. They're not, like, sexy additions. But it raises the the kind of floor of some of the Angels lineup. And, and in the case of Urshela on the infield, which they really needed, I really like those moves for the Angels and think that could really raise their, their floor. And if you get healthy seasons or healthy enough seasons from Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, that's the difference where they can take you from if you have an average team around them that can win 80 games, then they can take you to the playoffs and winning those 90, 95 games. Yeah, I agree. I think those those moves are pretty significant for the Angels. Uh, I got to just mention Kyle Lewis is a rookie of the year. He's 27 years old, still plenty of youth, said some concussion issues, and uh, he was actually raking before that happened this past year. If he can get healthy, uh, I know the Diamondbacks kind of have a cluster of outfielders that are really good young players. I'm not sure exactly what the intention is for the Diamondbacks as far as uh, are they going to keep him in the outfield, maybe try him at a different position. I, I don't know as far as that is concerned yet, but the bat I still think can play. And at that age, um, you know, I think that was a good buy low for the Diamondbacks. Maybe they swap him to somebody else, but uh, I, I still kind of believe in Kyle Lewis as long as he can stay healthy. All right. Speaking of being early to the bar here with some of the moves, other players that have signed with their teams, we're just going to list off a few of them here. The New York Mets have retained Edwin Diaz in a five-year deal uh, over a hundred million dollars. You have the Padres retaining Robert Suarez 
the Giants retaining Jock Peterson on a qualifying offer. I know Derek's got a thought about that. Uh, the Yankees bringing back Anthony Rizzo on a two-year deal. The Angels are signing Tyler Anderson to Crosstown from the Dodgers to a three-year deal. Astros retaining Rafael Montero, a very crucial middle relief guy, slash you could also call him their setup man. Uh, the Rangers also retaining the only other qualify offer that was retained. That would be Martin Perez. The Dodgers signing Clayton Kershaw back. There's nothing official yet, but it, it, the reports are that he is returning back to L.A., they are non-tendering Cody Bellinger, which has created quite a stir now because a lot of people are sitting back wondering, okay, is this going to be the former Cody Bellinger or the new Cody Bellinger? So a very interesting name that has just joined free agency. The Braves have brought in Nick Anderson, who at one point was considered one of the best relievers in baseball with the Rays. Um, also, Jesse Chavez returning to the Braves. The Rockies making the moves that we always love and see from them. They bring back Jose Urania, who's going to bring them a World Series title. <laughs> okay, so first of all, I love the Bellinger stuff. You're wearing a Cody Bellinger t-shirt here from his catch in the... Was that the NLCS against the Braves? It was the NLDS with Tatis. Okay. When Tatis drove it to dead center field, nobody was in the stands. I was actually there, which was kind of cool. Uh, there were only like... 20 people in the stadium. And so you can hear the players. Uh, this is obviously during COVID and man, that was one of the coolest plays that I've, I've ever seen in person. And obviously I think a lot of people that saw it on their television screens believe the same thing, but yeah, you know, I'm trying to remember the good days of Bellinger, but uh, it is quite fascinating that the Dodgers didn't want to pay him over $18 million for a year. We'll, we'll see if a team decides to pony up and get him around that number. Or, I mean, you know, what's the figure that Bellinger signs for? First of all, I don't know. That's a great question because of the fact that, I mean, the potential is there. You know what the ceiling is, but there is such a big hole in that swing. But I, I do think the thing that's underrated with Bellinger and why somebody will definitely give him a shot, like this is why I know the Giants are, are kicking the tires on it because their defense was so bad last year. Bellinger is like an elite defender in the outfield. You can move him all around. Uh, he's he's really helpful in that way. So I, I do think somebody will, I don't know if it'll be quite that much, but I wouldn't be shocked if somebody gave him like a, I don't know, two-year, $30 million deal or a one-year, like, $15 million deal? Off the top of your head, since we're not going to actually pick this, where do you see him going? I mean, I've, I've seen some of the stuff out there that the Dodgers might even re-sign him just at, like, a lower number. I, I guess they kind of did that with Kershaw last year with the qualifying offer. Um, like I said, the Giants would make a lot of sense. You have some of the brass that that was there, and, and he would really help their outfield defense. Hmm. I don't know. I, I guess I'm just going to I'm going to go with that. He sticks in Los Angeles and just signs for a cheaper deal. I'm guessing and uh, we'll get to my pick on where Judge goes in a little bit. But uh, I think Cody Bellinger goes to the Yankees. That's my guess. I, I think that that short porch and right field could also be favorable to him. Um, there's just a lot of things that kind of point me in that direction um, a little bit more range in center field as that wall starts to decrease to right field, but uh, they've kind of searched for some help in the outfield and they may need some help. So I'm going to say Bellinger to the Yankees. The blue Jays also could be another spot that I could see him going to. That would make a lot of sense. You know who else? Like I, we never hear this team involved in free agency, but like the Rays would make a lot of sense. It's a high ceiling pickup for them that they can probably spend a one-year deal on they don't love committing long-term to and they just gave up Kevin Kiermeyer, and so they're looking for somebody who can play good outfield defense like that would make a ton of sense for them as well uh, you did mention with Jock Peterson uh, I'll talk about this briefly here the qualifying offer I thought it was probably more money than you'd want to pay Jock Peterson on the open market and, and don't get me wrong great hitting season 
Um, he was actually one of the best hitters against right-handed pitchers in the MLB. The problem I have with this is, is it going to impact other spending? If the Giants are basically saying, you know, whether we we brought back Jock Peterson for $10 million or $20 million, we're still going to be fine spending, you know, $100 million on other free agents this year, and that had no impact on it, then great. But if it does dip into their other free agent pickups, like going after one of these star shortstops or Aaron Judge or a Jacob deGrom or Justin Verlander or whoever, then that's where I have a problem with it. And the other part of it is Jock Peterson had such a bad defensive season. And last year, basically, the Giants had – they had too many DH types. Jock Peterson is a DH type. So if you're going to have like Jock Peterson be the, the DH type against righties and you're going to have somebody else be the DH type against lefties and he's going to be more of a platoon player, I'm all for it as long as the, the money doesn't impact on the other free agents. But if you're asking him to play in the outfield for 100 games over the course of the season, he, he ended up with like a war that was like close to even because of how bad the defense was. So uh, that's kind of my thought there. Yeah, I, I think it's a very fair thought, thought, and it would be interesting to see Bellinger join Jock Peterson, two former Rookie of the Years with the Dodgers, jumping uh, to their rival, and one producing significantly offensively and the other one producing significantly, as you mentioned, defensively. That would be an interesting fit if Bellinger joined Peterson out there. Um, we are going to do a little game, and as we did our season-long beer pong, in which, congratulations, Derek, you won, uh, we now have our off-season free agency or beer, beer pong, and it's called civil war is the addition that we're going to be doing civil war is essentially where you just keep going you keep shooting uh until one team's cups are knocked out right the balls keep going your way you shoot you shoot you shoot and you nail a cup the other team has to drink it just like beer pong but it doesn't stop and it's not slow it's very fast-paced Derek. you can kind of attest to that yeah it's it's a really fun game um it's good to get a lot of people involved too because you can play like three on three four on four whatever you want yeah, we had a lot of people involved in our off-season beer pong Civil War edition here. We get 20 free agencies, free agents, I should say, and every free agent is a correct cup. If we nail a free agent right, that is a cup that is taken. Whoever gets it right in that order, that's how the cups are removed. So let's say one of us gets Aaron Judge right, and then we get another one right. But the other side gets more cups right. It does not matter if the other one's eliminated first. So it's all in order of who goes in order. So we're hoping the guys we pick correctly, they get signed in the correct order, if that makes sense. Um, one person could have more correct, but still lose because of the timing of the free agent signings. A knockout is 10 cups. It's a drink for every cup knocked off, Derek, which is going to be kind of difficult if one of us is really destroyed by the other. So best of luck to you. And for the loser, it is a shotgun beer on our podcast live for that loser if one of us is knocked out so get ready for that Derek we're going to go roll through these each of us is going to say our team that we're selecting for these 20 players with a very brief line of why uh it's all going to start from the top it's Aaron Judge best free agent out there who do you have him going to I'm just going to say he sticks with the Yankees I don't think they're going to be outbid here um I think they bring him back I'm going to go San Francisco Giants. Uh, we saw Judge heading to San Francisco this week. Clearly, Farhan wants him, is interested in him. I think he gets the money he deserves in San Francisco. Great fit out there. Uh, Trey Turner from the L.A. Dodgers is now on the loose as well. Where do you see him going? Uh, there's been a lot of talk about him wanting to go back to the East Coast. Phillies were so close to the World Series. Let's try to get over the top. Uh, I'll say Phillies. 
You know, I had the Philadelphia Phillies as well in this one. So uh, we're going to stick it a tie because I, I firmly believe that's where he actually goes. I think that's the the best fit. Bryson Stott will move to second base. Um, Segura is a free agent. It just kind of makes sense. The cards are in place. And Trey Turner wants to win. So that's a pretty good team to go to. Imagine him and Bryce Harper and Hoskins and all this crazy loaded talent coming up uh, that is loaded in one lineup. Schwarber, I mean, it's, it's going to be pretty sweet if he goes over there. Uh, Xander Bogarts, where do you see him? Um, I think this one's really tough to tell. A lot of teams could use him. I thought about actually the Giants here, but I my problem with any of these big spenders and why I didn't pick them for Aaron Judge, even though there's all the, the hype and Judge being from there and his favorite giant growing up was Rich Aurelia, which you have to be a diehard giant fan for that to be your favorite giant. Um, but like I just until Farhan's 80, they actually show they're going to get one of these big name free agents. I've seen the Giants be, you know, runners up for Bryce Harper, Giancarlo Stanton and all these past free agents. So until it happens, I'm not predicting it, but uh, I'm going to go with the Cubs. I think they're going to want to uh, turn a, a little bit more uh, money in this year and, and try to be a little bit more winning of a team. And uh, I could see Xander Bogarts going out there. I'm predicting the Dodgers go get him. I think that Trey Turner is on the move to the East Coast, and the Dodgers aren't going to sit back. They're not going to look at their team and think, man, we're fine. Uh, they shouldn't because even with 111 wins, the, the performance they had in the playoffs was atrocious. I think Gavin Lux is still a question mark more than uh, a solid option at shortstop right now. And you see Justin Turner's already gone. I mean, he's not right now at this time, at least with the Dodgers. They may sign him for a lower number, but – um, Max Muncie is occupying a space right now at second, could move to third. Um, you got the youth coming up, but I still think they need a key piece that can produce offensively. So I'm saying Xander Bogarts. Okay, moving on to Dansby Swanson. Who do you see him going to? I'm going to go with the Cubs again. It's not because I think they're signing both. It's because I think they're going to get one of the big shortstops. So I'm just going to throw a blanket on it. They get one of the two. I think Dansby stays with the Braves. I, I have a hard time seeing the Braves letting him go, but if they do let him go, I mean, they do have the pieces there. So um, it's going to be interesting to kind of monitor. I think his piece will fall once the other shortstops we already previously named drop. Possibly another one we'll talk about here in just a moment, which is Carlos Correa. Where do you see him going? Well, I, I wanted to will this into existence last year. It didn't happen. I'm going to try again this year. Bring him on the Dodgers and let's see the uh, ultimate, I don't know, conflict. I, I I can't I can't do it I I just can't do it I, I there's too much of an issue internally for me there I'm gonna go with the Yankees I think the Yankees were in play for him a year ago and uh, you know there's not great production for them at shortstop right now I think that they need another piece especially if they lose Judge uh, that's gonna be a core for them and uh, Correa to me is is kind of that guy he's torched them plenty in the playoffs Wilson Contreras stud catcher where is he ending up? I'll say the Cubs. I think there's a reason they didn't trade him. I think there's a good rapport there. That's exactly my reasoning. I'm sticking with the Cubs, too, and uh, I can't even change to go to another side. I can't see him going anywhere else. Jose Abreu, where does he end up? Uh, I've heard the Padres have interest in him. Makes sense. They could use a, maybe one extra bat in that lineup. Uh, I think they probably wanted Anthony Rizzo and bringing him kind of back to, to San Diego. But after he signed with the Yankees, I think this would make a lot of sense. I think the Mets actually have an opening possibly at DH and uh, I could see him being kind of lethal as a one, two punch with Pete Alonzo in the heart of the lineup there. there. There's a lot of teams that kind of factor in for me here, but I'm just going to throw out the Mets. I think they need to make a move and a splash for a pretty decent hitter. And, and I still think Abreu can be really productive. Uh, speaking of former Mets, Michael Conforto, where is he headed? 
I haven't mentioned the Red Sox yet. They're losing Xander Bogarts. I know they got to deal with the Raphael Devers extension, but they got to go get somebody as well. And they're losing J.D. Martinez, too. Uh, I'll go with Michael Conforto to the Red Sox. I, uh, I'm going to say he stays with the Mets. I think that he's going to sign for a small deal, probably a one-year deal, and uh, go to the place he's most comfortable with. J.D. Martinez, who is leaving the Red Sox, where is he ending up? I thought about actually for a second doing the Astros, bringing him back to Houston. I thought that'd be kind of fun, um, but I'm going to go with the Seattle Mariners. I know they just got Teoscar Hernandez. I know you have uh, with Julio Rodriguez and I don't know how much they're going to try to get plate appearances and whatnot for like Jared Kelenic and whatnot, but like, I don't know. You could use him as a DH. I, I think that uh, JD Martinez could be a nice um, veteran presence for that team. The Baltimore Orioles is my pick. I could kind of see him shifting over. And uh, I know Camden obviously pushed their walls back, but um, he's not really showing as much homer and power. And I think that they would like a light, a, a little by low. Um, losing Mancini was kind of tough for them, I thought, but it clearly didn't hurt them too much. I, I think he's a good fit, though, in Baltimore. Um, he knows the AL East pretty well. Could be a solid fit there. Andrew Benatendi, the last hitter on our list. Where is he headed? Uh, I'm going to go with the Rangers. I, I feel like he's a, I know Bruce Bochy isn't the GM, but I feel like he would be a Bruce Bochy guy, like high contact, good fielder in the outfield. And the Rangers need a little bit more to kind of add to the lineup. I'll go Chicago Cubs. I think the Cubs are going to make some kind of moves this off season and uh, to monitor the outfield. They just got rid of Hayward for a reason. I, I feel like they're clearing a space for a guy like Ben attendee. So um, I'm going to go with the Cubs. All right. To the pitching side, the big name on the rotation, if you will, is Jacob deGrom. Where is he heading? I'm just going to say sticks with the Mets. I think they're going to be with Steve Cohen willing to give him a lot of money. Probably going to be like a Max Scherzer deal, like maybe short term, but a ton of money per year. I'll, I'll go with New York. Rangers are kind of reckless with their money. We saw it last year. I think they're going to be that way again. Uh, who knows the health of DeGrom, but I think the Rangers need a starter really badly, a top end guy. They just saw the Astros win. I'm going to go with DeGrom to try and solidify that rotation. Justin Verlander on that Astros World Series team. Where does he end up? Walker Bueller out for the year with uh, Tommy John going to the Dodgers on a short-term contract. They like to give out those short-term contracts. That's probably what it'll get. Maybe like a two-year, like $80 million deal or something. I'll go with LA. I could see that. I, I'm going to say that he sticks with Houston. Uh, it's hard for me to see him leaving Houston at this point, this late in his career. But who knows? It, it seems like a good fit for him across the board to retire in. Carlos Rodon, your guy from the Giants. Is he staying with the Giants or where is he going? Everything you mentioned about the Rangers, they need a pitcher. They're probably going to spend on one. This is the one that I highlighted. I don't know. I just... I see him as a Bruce Bochy guy. He's kind of that stuff. Like he reminds you a little bit personality wise of Madison Bumgarner. Uh, I'm going to put him in Texas. He kind of fits for me in a lot of teams. Uh, a lot of teams are going to need him. He's going to be a very, I think, significant piece on the market. I'm going to put him at the Orioles. They don't have a top end guy really. Um, and I think if they really want to make a push for the playoffs this year, they'd need that. He is a solid lefty piece that I think can really match up with their somewhat average arms in the rotation. Number 14 on our list is Chris Bassett. Where does he end up? The Giants could probably use one more starting pitcher. I think they're going to go in kind of the, I wouldn't call this the bargain bin. It won't be like cheap, but more so than, than the high level guys we just talked about at the top. I think they're going to get either this guy or the next guy. So I'm just going to do the blanket coverage. We'll get to that in a second. The Angels is my pick. I think the Angels need some starting rotation help, and, uh, I mean, they need a lot of it. So this is a good start after getting Tyler Anderson. I think they're going to get at least one more arm. Uh, the guy you mentioned, the next one is Nathan Eovaldi, who we talked about in the start of our show. Where does he end up? 
Yeah, so I'm going Giants as well. I could see them getting one of the two, so I'm going to kind of do Blake coverage with Bassett. He was in Oakland for so long with Eovaldi. That would be kind of right up the alley of, of a Farhan's AD pitcher. Like, good maybe peripherals and, and certain stuff, but maybe didn't have the best season ever this past year, so maybe you can get him at a bit of a discount. I'm going to say he reunites with the Dodgers. They need another piece. As you mentioned, Walker Buehler's out. I think they'd go a little cheaper. Um, Getty Evaldi, it, it seems like a pretty solid fit. Depends on if they want to give the years, though. Noah Syndergaard from the Phillies was traded over from the Angels. Where does he go now? Blue Jays. They could use another pitcher, and I don't think he's going to be that great, but this feels like their type of signing. I'm going to go and say the San Diego Padres are the fit. He loves California. Uh, they could use a back-end guy with Shamanaya leaving. He could be their number five. I think he's a solid number five. He goes to the Padres. Uh, number 17, Shamanaya. Where's he go? I'll go with the Orioles. Could use another pitcher. I think he'd be helped by that big ballpark. He kind of feels like a Giants guy to me. He pitched already in the Bay Area before. Um, I kind of see him being in the Giants rotation as another number four, number five, resurrecting his career there. Zach Eflin. Reliever and starter for the Phillies. Where does he go? Royals could use a starting pitcher to kind of lead the young rotation. I think he would fill in nicely. The Cardinals kind of have pieces like this across the board. They they gun for these kind of guys. I, I think that he's a solid fit there. Um, it would be interesting to see what they do, especially with Wainwright getting older. Uh, I, I would be curious to see if this is a good fit for him. I'll say the Cardinals. All right, Araldis Chapman, where does he go? Don't care. Don't like him. Kodai Senga to the Yankees instead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll say he goes to the Marlins because that's the only team in the entire league that I think could even talk to him. So I agree. I'm not a fan of him. Uh, and then finally, technically on our list is Kenley Jansen. Where does he go? I'll say the Rangers. They could use uh, another bullpen arm and obviously Bruce Bochy again. I've brought him up probably too many times here. Uh, very familiar with him from his time at the Giants going up against the Dodgers. I'm going to say the Dodgers need clearly a closer. I think that he's talked already about possibly reuniting. I'm going to say the Dodgers and him make some sort of deal that brings him back. He, he seems to me like he's a good fit there. Uh, so I'll go Kenley Jansen. Last but not least, our final cup. Choose a free agent not listed. You can't pick with the current team that they would be signing with. So obviously it would have to be a new team they sign with. Who is it? I'm going to go Brandon Nimmo to the Giants. Farhan Zaidi loves the on-base percentage stuff. If they miss out on Aaron Judge and some of these other big players, I could see them giving like a five-year, $100, $120 million to Nimmo, who's an on-base machine and would help out the outfield defense. I think that would make a lot of sense for San Francisco. I think Josh Bell is still very valuable, um, and the scenery in San Diego is not a good fit for him. I think he's going to go to a champion that knows how to win and uh, try and kind of somewhat resurrect his career. It's not like he had a bad season last year. He just kind of fell off in the second half. I think the Astros make a lot of sense. So that will be worth two cups. Derek, that will do it for us here on the show. Of course, we're going to get to more in the coming weeks talking about free agency. But until then, though, on behalf of Derek Johnson, I'm Dusty Baker. Any final thoughts, Derek? No, let's just heat the stove up. Heat the stove up, baby. I love to hear it. All right, well, thanks for pulling up a bar stool and hanging with us. Let's grab a drink again in two weeks. We will talk to you then. Cheers.